if they needed more people and we were the more people that happened to be needed, I guess the end result is who should think who? Stay tuned. We'll get to my conversation with Marcel and Letitia Scott right after these quick ads. Hey, Raindrops. So on today's episode of Reality with the King, I am sitting down talking to one of the premier couples of my show, Love and Marriage Huntsville. Wait, wait. Carlos, I'm so sorry. You know I hate interrupting you. Oh, we got... So look, (laughs) obviously, this is Jasmine Henley-Brown, the executive producer of Reality with the King, who, who also is like the most requested guest to come back on the show. Stop. <laughs> Guys, stop flattering me like that. I feel like that's probably my mama and my sister and my cousins <laughs> now I'm going in saying, get Jasmine back. Y'all don't, don't flatter the doll. But anyway, look, I don't want to keep you on. I just had to pop in. We have something to celebrate before you get this episode started. Well, well, look, I, look, I love some good news, honey. So what's the tea? Listen, you're having your reunions. Love and Mayor Chunsville is doing well. Bell Collective is doing well. You clearly are always a T, but <laughs> you have hit one million downloads. One million podcast downloads. Shut the fuck up. Are you serious? I'm so One million downloads. Oh, yes, my God. Like, I know you want to talk to your listeners, but just on behalf of your production team, me as your EP, Lashik, LaPortia, the producer, Sierra, our former producer, Marcus, Everybody at Stitcher, Sirius XM, like, we are so proud of you. I can't tell you. You know, I believed in you since I uh, stalked Angela to get your, <laughs> your contact info way back in to even pitch to work with you. We've believed in you since day one, and this is proof of that. So congratulations. One million downloads. Wow. Everybody ain't able. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. Uh, y'all know I don't like surprises, so... Uh, give me a moment while I collect my thoughts. Okay, wait. What's crazy Find is... Find your Kleenex. I know! Like, what? listen, I need <laughs> Candace from Potomac to make yes. this for <laughs> Your triangle, your triangle okay. Kleenex. My triangle Kleenex. <laughs> Candace, where are you, girl? Wow. Okay, listen. I have to process this really quickly because we've only been out for five months. You know, Reality with the King has only been available for five months. And wow, I, uh, I'm i speechless, which y'all know I can talk. So to be speechless is kind of a crazy thing for me. But um, wow. I mean, look, I am overwhelmed right now. I am beyond humbled by this. I mean, Jasmine, think about it. Like you hit me up last year to do a podcast. And my listeners know this, that I've been approached to do a podcast for so many years and one thing about me, I just believe in God's timing. Like, nah, things got to happen the way it's supposed to happen. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I didn't feel comfortable in my position as reality TV producer to put myself out there to give my opinion. Because I knew that it would be um, met with some negativity And there's something interesting about just being known as the king of reality TV, host the reunions, talk about the show, and then go home with my man and my dog and keep it pushing, right? So this podcast was scary, but after meeting Jasmine, and she knows this, and she's like me, she hates a compliment, but I did this podcast because, yes, God said the timing is now. And also, Jasmine, I just fell in love with. And I was like, she she gets me and she understands me. And it's always good to work with somebody who, who gets you. Yes, so, I was obsessed. Oh, no, like, <laughs> and I'm obsessed with you now. So, like, it's this look at you, Philly, girl. <laughs> but, no, but all jokes aside, Jasmine, thank you for giving me this opportunity, this chance. And there's a lot of shit that happens behind the scenes that you guys don't know about. And Jasmine is a writer. Like, Jasmine calls me after hours on the weekends um, to pitch me ideas. And it's not easy for a producer to be produced. But Jasmine has so much grace and, and, and honor and respect when it comes to not just the podcast, but to me as a person. And she never swayed away from her love that she has for me. And to my team, Sierra 
who started out with us. She has left the kingdom, honey, and is out doing great things. So, Sierra, I love you. We got LaPortia. Not Portia Williams, honey, from Housewives, honey. We got LaPortia, who is one of my producers who I love and and she also gets me, and she's such a good girl. She's like a mogul on her own right, too, honey. And, and I just love her. And we got LaChic Lotus League, honey, who is new to the team and has been somebody who has really just started to get to know me and understand me and is able to produce me. And she's somebody who I trust and I, I love and adore. In addition to Marcus, the engineer, like, this is... A team full of people, Ron, who's responsible for communications and public relations. And listen, a lot goes into producing this podcast. I want you guys to know one thing before we get into the rest of the episode. Reality with the King is a podcast where my listeners, who I affectionately call my raindrops, um, it's an opportunity for us to kiki, to laugh, have fun, shade, we only talk about what we're seeing on the show. It's fun. It's lighthearted. It's whimsical. It's silly. It can be messy at times, but not in a dark place. And one thing that this podcast has brought, besides a million downloads in five months, honey, um, is a lot of attention and fanfare. And sometimes with attention and fanfare comes negativity. And it comes with people taking what I say and trying to make a big story out of it. But what I want you guys to know is this. My intention for doing this podcast was to give you guys a love letter to who I am and whose I am. And I know that some of you raindrops are new to the Carlos King world, but I want you guys to know this about me. Under no circumstance is this podcast meant to be dark. There's nothing dark about this podcast. There's nothing where we're, we're attacking people's character or reputation or we are messy for the sake of being messy. That's not my brand. It will never be my brand. And this podcast will never be that, ever. The intention of this podcast was to really give you guys an insider track on what it makes to produce a reality show or to hear me talk to my friends in reality and to really see a different side of reality stars, right? So I want you guys to know that. And I thank you, Raindrops. And I mean this wholeheartedly. Because of you, this podcast not only reached number one on the TV and film Apple podcast charts, we now have done the inevitable which is have a million freaking downloads in five months. That's insane for a new podcast. So I thank you. I love you. And baby, in my Carlos King voice, there's more to come. All right, enough of that sappy stuff. Y'all didn't come in for that. <laughs> Y'all came here for my interview. So let's get into my conversation with Love and Marriage Huntsville stars Letitia and Marceau Scott as they talk about the new season. Oh, raindrops, we got Letitia and Marceau Scott in the building. And what's so funny is this is so legendary because it's the first interview on my podcast that features two people. Because one thing about Marcel and Letitia, they are one. Welcome, guys. <laughs> you about to Welcome. say it. What up, though, Carlos? How are you? Hey, Carlos. Los? <laughs> right, Los. I know. Tisha calls me Los. <laughs> um, Latrice on Bell Collector calls me Reginald. And other people <gasps> call me Messy. So I have a lot of names. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> as long as you know when they're talking to you. <laughs> hey, the one sense. thing that I said to my cast is when people ain't talking about you, that's when you need to be worried. So we'll get into that in a, in a little bit. But one thing about my listeners is they're huge fans of Love and Marriage Huntsville. You guys have been on for over four years. Um, I want to go back into the early days before we talk about this amazing season that's airing right now. 
Marcel, let me start with you. Marcel, what I would like to call you is you are hood famous. <laughs> Not hood famous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and by hood famous is before Marcel became one of the greatest reality TV men in history, which we'll get into that too, he was very popular on Facebook. Talk to us about that, Marcel. Well, to be honest, I was would be considered a troll. So I had opinions. I had humor. And when you combine strong opinions with intelligence and humor, you get somewhat of a following and people kind of look for your comments. So, yeah. But people knew me. But I was, I was known before Facebook. I mean, people knew me in these streets. Yeah. And don't forget, Barack Obama was president. So you had a whole bunch of Facebook oh, oh, yeah. comments. Oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of I had a lot of stuff to say. Matter of fact, I had to delete my Facebook and Instagram account. When we got the show. When we got the show. Yeah. And had I known what I know now about how, the direction of the show, I should have kept my account. <laughs> <laughs> you see how, look, Raindrop, you see how my cast supposed to be Shay. He said if he would have known what he knows now about the direction of the show, he would have kept his account. So let, let, let's just talk about it because on Reality with the King... It's an opportunity for my listeners to get to know my reality stars in a very different light because the reunion shows, obviously, it's about the entire cast. The Nightcap with Carlos King, my late night show, is about these episodes. But the podcast, we get to go <laughs> deep. So when you deleted your Facebook, was it because of a conversation you had with the producers about, look, this is an ensemble show. It's on the Oprah Winfrey Network. We got to make sure everything stays positive. Is that why you did it? Facts. 100%. (laughs) I got in my interview clothes. (laughs) Absolutely. So I got in my interview clothes and I'm sitting back like, oh, no, no, got to clean your image. You're going to, man, what? I should have worn my work boots. (laughs) Or your Timberlands. Right. (laughs) Letitia, when this show first came around, Did you ever think a woman who's from Bessemer, Alabama, would be on television and be the star of a reality show? Was that ever in your mind as a little girl growing up in college? Like, did you ever think you would be on television? No, like it wasn't a part of my plan, my dreams. No. And and I tell people about my life all the time. I just wanted to go to school, get a good job and live life. Like me getting married so soon, going to college, getting a full scholarship to college, living the, the life that we live right now, being on reality TV, being on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Like I used to watch her with my grandmother growing up. So I could have never envisioned this life or dreamt of the life that I'm living right now. I'm grateful, but it was not my plan. Definitely it's God's plan. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of it was Marcel's plan too, because when we first met Marcel, What was so interesting about the dynamic in your marriage four years ago was the fact that Marceau had a lot of opinions. As as you stated earlier, Tisha, you know, look, Marceau likes to say how he feels, regardless if it's uh, (laughs) controversial or not. Marceau's going to say how he feels. So when this show first came about, this opportunity to be on TV came about, Did you two have a conversation about whether or not you should do it? And be honest, who was more into the idea of being on TV? Marcel was into it from the beginning. Me, on the other hand, I was like, I don't know, because like I said it in the scene, that I struggle with my communication. And I normally, I don't speak a lot. And even doing our um, interview with you guys, I was like, oh, my life is not interesting. So I just didn't think I would like add to it. So I was like, I don't, I didn't want to really do it. But then we had Mr. Construction over here. Well, I think I was, I was into it more than Tisha, but I wasn't into it immediately. I just, I thought we were going to do about construction. I remember that you guys called me and then we had a follow-up meeting at Taco Mama and we were talking about how this would be good for your business and all that stuff. So, yeah. I, I mean, I kind of had to be sold on it. Um, but I thought I thought it was like fix or flip. So, I thought we were talking about construction, <laughs> construction, fix or flip. That's what I thought we were talking about. I thought it was like, oh, yeah, this is what we're talking about. And I ain't watched reality TV. So, I mean, I was completely unaware about what goes on. 
the reason he wanted to change the, what, the name of the show when he wrote that email about changing the name? <laughs> yes, let's talk about that. So one thing about me is I have a very close relationship with my talent. And I have an open-door policy. My talent, they can call me. I, I, I will talk them through because I'm, I'm used to um, what, what happens when you become famous and all of a sudden things happen, you have all these questions. So I always feel like, look, come to me, I got you. Unfortunately, Marcel Scott took that as an open-door policy to send Carlos King a scathing email that outlined his disdain in the show being called Love and Marriage Huntsville because he thought the show should be called Built to Last due to their comeback group and the double atondrum of Built to Last meaning relationships and Built to Last meaning construction. So Marceau, the person who reads everybody from Miss Wanda to Barack Obama, talk to me about why you felt the need to send Carlos King a scathing email. I didn't know that it was scathing. I thought it was clear, respectful, and factual. <laughs> so, so I, I, I do have a, I do have a problem with that, and I'm and, and I'm working on that. I don't want to seem like I'm being condescending, but I'm just saying, hey, this is the point, and I communicate how I like to be communicated to. So I speak to people almost like you know clearly, like, hey, I don't think we should do that. I think that's that's a fair thing for me. So uh, I apologize. I don't want you to feel like I was being disrespectful in any way, but. But no, I just I just knew that we were at a time. And now remember, this is predating Black Lives Matter. With the comeback group, we actually thought we had a solution. Or honestly, we have a solution. We we might not have the right participants in that solution, but we have a solution as far as what you know can help Black America. And so that's why I just didn't want the moment to pass us by. And to be fair, our fans have expressed that they want that too. <laughs> So just just throwing that out there. <laughs> let's let's talk about that. Oh oh, because I got an answer for you. So Love and Marriage Husband started out being about these beautiful three couples who were at the time the best of friends. They traveled together. They had this um, initiative to help out the city, and people definitely were, were bought into that. And like they bought into like these beautiful black people who were well spoken. And, and, and business professionals doing something for the city. So we definitely understood that assignment. Then things started to unravel when the show started to focus more on their relationships. And then the ratings started to increase. And then people's pockets started to increase. So <laughs> one thing we know... Because <laughs> I got something for that ass. One thing we know is... I, I got something for you that I never said to you this, this season. Ask me, Marceau and Tisha, what are the top two highest-rated episodes so far this season? Oh, that's not fair. Just ask me. Do you, do you want to know? What, what are the top two? The highest-rated episode so far this season is Tisha and Marceau going to Bessemer, Alabama with their cousin Kiki and Ms. Wanda. Man, oh, <laughs> no, really? That's the <laughs> highest-rated episode this season so far and ask me the second highest rated episode of this season. Just ask me. Hmm. Carlos, you know what? I had a question. What's the second highest <laughs> rated episode? <laughs> the second highest rated episode this season is Kiki versus oh Tisha. So what I'm I, saying to you is... I'll you. <laughs> Y'all don't want that. You do not want that, Carlos. It ain't what I want. So when people say... Oh, we want this. Oh, really? Because when I show you guys other stuff, some of y'all don't tune in the way when it's, it's you know, some dramatic moments. So I just wanted to let you guys know a little bit of what Marceau calls facts. <laughs> I'm with you. You know, I mean, if I was in a bank handling a multi-million dollar transaction and a bomb blew up across the street, I'd look. So... <laughs> So you said if the fan wants to see more real estate, they need to start watching. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Tisha. But your husband is not going to compare Love and Marriage Husband to a bomb. We the bomb. I just know that he said much. We the bomb. But look, <laughs> <laughs> that you are. So going back a little bit, this show came about because obviously Martell and Melody, when they when they were married, 
um, back in 20, I think 13, 14. Long story short, they met with me. I thought they were a beautiful couple. Um, they wanted to do a show about their business, like Marcel said earlier, you know, in the in the flipping home sort of lifestyle brand. And years later, I connected with them and said, I don't want to do that show. I'm really into this space where I want to see Black couples on television. And I would like for you guys to be a part of it, obviously. But do you have any friends who can speak to this idea that I have? And long story short, they, you know, introduced the comeback group. And that's how we got a chance to meet you, Tisha, you, Marcel, your brother, Maurice, and um, your sister-in-law, Kimmy. And the show came out being this huge hit. Recently, Kimmy, myself, and Melody were on a live. And towards the end of the live, Kimmy thanked me for, you know, creating the show. And she also thanked Melody for the, the opportunity. And a lot of people loved seeing that. And then apparently some of your fans, Marceau, ask you, why don't you ever thank Melody for the opportunity? We're waiting for it. And you said something <laughs> along the lines of, well, keep waiting. Why is that, Marceau? Can we be fair about that also? Wasn't yes. you guys introduced to like 20 other couples before y'all finally met us? Yeah, how many How many, how couples many other couples, couples was that before us? The Scots. Well, Carlos, let me ask you a question. I'm just asking. Uh, to be fair, if you're saying that they came to you and they said, we'd like to do this show by ourselves, and you said, hey, you need more people to do what you want to do. Well, I didn't say that exactly, but because... But you know, people like to twist words, unfortunately. So I said to them, because I'm going to follow you because we're Libras. And, and, and trust me, me and you are the same person. So what I did say to them was, I love y'all. This idea could work, but I have a bigger idea that could make a bigger impact. I guess what I'm trying to say is if they needed more people and we were the more people that happened to be needed, I guess the end result is, who should thank who? <laughs> That's a lot of thank you that should be going around. Actually, Carlos, the truth is, I've, I've already thanked everyone for throwing my name in the hat. I've been Absolutely, gracious. Absolutely, yeah. But I'm not about to sit back here and pander the fans saying, oh, you need to do this right here. Every time anyone in my life has ever done anything, I've always been thankful, uh, whether it's the smallest thing or the largest thing. So I'm definitely thankful to be here. Um, but I do want to thank the people personally whose name is on my check. Yeah. I mean, and at the end of the day, it was like, dang, you know, thank you guys for introducing us to Kendra Rain and Carlos and Angela, because had they not introduced us, we definitely wouldn't know King Carlos, you know, and Kendra Rain. So, but also there's a thank you, Scotts, for agreeing to do it, because if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't have this show either. Like we created this, the six of us together. So I think all of us should be thanking one another. Now, nah, we're just grateful to be here. Thank you, everybody that was involved. Anybody had anything to do with it? I say thank you when, when people do things for me. You hold the door open for me or you put me in a different position in life. And even if you had any part of it, you didn't actually, you, you could have asked anyone else in the world. You chose to ask me. And I do thank you for that. But the key is, I thank you for that years ago. And so I don't need to go take a public stage and come out and grovel and do all this nonsense just to show other people that, especially after all you've done since then, you know, especially all that you've done since then is kind of amount, amounted to, I think the time for gratitude is kind of over in this situation. For the record, I've said thank you to everyone that had any involvement in this. And I was going to say, so for the record, you you have said thank you to Melody and Martel before. Yes, sir. <laughs> Marceau, you're not going to gaslight me. <laughs> have you ever, and Tisha, Tisha, you can answer too, because I would like for the audience to know, because this, this was the most asked question we got. And I, I like to be fair. Have you ever just said thank you to them personally? Yes, we have. Yeah. In the very beginning, yes. I think that uh, you thank people just expressing gratitude. You know, you express gratitude when people have put you in a position that you haven't earned. And I think that's important to say thank you during that period of time. Um, when someone blesses you and you say, you know, I, I haven't earned this. Um, thank you. I don't see people thanking their boss every week when they get a check because they work hard for that check. After someone puts you in a position to bless you, then tears you down, I kind of think that we're at the position where we're kind of earning it with you. So, but I did say thank you to everyone that was involved, those mentioned and unmentioned. 
hate to interrupt, but stay tuned. We'll get back into my conversation with Marcel and Letitia Scott right after these quick ads. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into my conversation with Marceau and Letitia Scott. Do you two have any regrets doing the show? Nope, I don't. It looks like Tisha does. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about that because I try not to have regrets in life. Um, I don't know if I have regrets. I think I would have approached it totally different had I known... If I could see now, then when I first signed up for the show, I think I would have been a little bit more prepared. Mm. And I was asking Carlos, what, what do I need to prepare for? What do I need to look out for? He was like, just don't read the comments. But, you know, it's a lot more than the comments. But I didn't know I had to be prepared for my cast members, too. Well, I can tell you right now, in my mind, anything that brought me to this point in my life that I'm glad, uh, grateful that I'm here now, um, I'm glad that it happened. And I wouldn't go back in, in, in my day and change a single thing. Like if I, if I could go back to the younger self and say two words to my, any of my younger self, I, the words, thank you. I appreciate what you did. I appreciate uh, the person you were five, six, seven years ago that led me to this place. So, no, I don't have any regrets. And I, I have nothing but gratitude for where I'm at right now. So thank you, Carlos. Well, <laughs> but no, I appreciate that. And look, one thing that I did say to Tisha was, don't read the comments because at the end of the day, people are going to try to judge your reality and judge your life, but always look at the bigger picture. And one thing about you, Tisha, you are off Twitter. You have protected your peace. Talk to us about what it means to be a reality star to where people are sometimes mean and aggressive to reality stars on social media. I think that People don't realize that, yes, we're on reality TV, but we're still humans and we still have feelings and we still have families and we still have friends. And so they just come at us so hard. So what I have to do, honestly, I like you said, I have to stay off social media sometimes. It just depends on the energy and how I'm feeling at that moment. Um, but I have to know what's real and what's not. Like, I stay grounded with my friends. I have an amazing group of friends that, you know, I'm so blessed to have. And then also my family. And, of course, Marcel, he's always giving me tips and advice. But then when it comes to my kids, like, that's my main protection right there. So my kids are not on social media at all. Even though my son is 15, he's not on social media. And so I just make sure that at the end of the day, once we're done filming or once the show comes back out and we hear all of these comments and things, I just try to take some time out for myself, take some time out to travel with my family and just enjoy it. Like at the end of the day, if I'm going to get all this heat, I need to make sure that the show is paying me enough to be able to take a quick vacation once we're done filming. So that's my main thing. <laughs> this is a shady ass interview and I'm kind of here for it. Uh, but Tisha, <laughs> can you talk to the audience about the darkest moment you felt when you read a comment and what it did to you because, you know, listen, one thing about me, and, and I like to always talk about things I go through. Years ago, when I started to become a public figure, um, like you, Tisha, I was very unaware of the pain of people just judging you. And I remember being on this high. I, I was hosting the Hollywood Divas reunion. This is back in, this is ooh, seven years ago. It's my first time, like, having that position of hosting a reunion show. Long story short, a lot of people in my circle was like, you killed it. You did a good job. You, you did a fantastic job. And I said, okay, thank you. Baby, I went on Twitter and people read me for filth. Stay behind the camera. I hate your voice. You talk funny. Where's the bass in your voice? Why you act like that? Stop trying to be so-and-so. And I lost it. I lost it. And that, that was my first realization of, oh, shit, you now are experiencing what your reality stars are experiencing. And this was seven years ago. Nowadays, I don't give a fuck. Like, y'all can kiss my ass. Fuck you. But 
Talk to me about the time where it really hurt you so much to where you felt the need to just get off of Twitter, you know, as a whole. Yeah, I mean, the first two years, especially the first year, we we have been very honest about everything. And like I said, sometimes we really forget the cameras are there. So when you hear these conversations that I'm having with Marcel, with my mom or with anybody, these are real conversations. And so I remember when I was breaking down in my room talking to Brent um, about speaking or talking about my communication skill because I didn't want to discuss that. I didn't want to talk about it on TV, but I knew it was something that I've been struggling with my entire life. And so I felt like with Brent's help, he was like, you know, you're going to help some more people. So after that episode, I got so many like comments about, you know, you can't say this. And people are always judging my communication and my um, enunciation now. But I get so many hate messages about you can't say this. You know, you're from, you know, the projects. And you're from the other side of the track. Your husband don't love you. You know, um, you're not pretty. You want to be like some of the other people on the cast. And I'm like, I felt like I was protected my whole life because I was like, I've never dealt with this much hate um, from a group of people ever in my life. So it was very, very hurtful. And I'm not going to even lie and say it didn't make me, you know, I'm an emotional person. So sometimes I did cry, you know, through the process. And I had to pray to God and be like, why am I experiencing this? Because I'm not a mean person. I'm not a hateful person. I don't do this to people. So why is it happening to me? So it's like, Tisha, it's just a process. And just, you just have to make it through it. Jesus dealt with this as well. He dealt with hate and was crucified as well. So it was very hurtful. And I went through a very sad moment, I think, in my life. Even with with Marcel and people talking about our marriage and questioning our marriage and calling me naive and um, stupid and just all type of names because I'm with my husband and I'm defending my husband over things that you guys are throwing at him. And I understand he's receiving this heat as well. So it's like at this point, it's like throw whatever you want at me. We're going to we're going to fight this together. So. Another thing, the reunion, the first reunion when I was on stage and I was emotional and I was upset, it would just be mainly because it was a division between us two. So whenever we're divided, it's like more pressure on me. But as long as we're together doing this thing together, then I can handle it. But it's been a very tough ride. And Marcel, you are super confident and one thing I, I've witnessed being around the two of you is you're very protective of Tisha. So when you saw your wife go through this pain, crying, being depressed by what people are saying about her, how did you console her in this? And what did you say to her for her to realize that you can't pay attention to these people? Because one thing about you, Marcel, you clap back and I feel like you enjoy it. <laughs> The internet to me, like we were talking about Facebook earlier, it's been like, like, like the lunch table. It, it reminds me of high school so much. You got the cool guys, you got the jocks, you got the funny guys. And we grew up poor and funny. So one thing that everybody knows when you're poor is that you better have hands or jokes. And sometimes both, right? So when so my thing is I'm not a bully. I, I always counter-strike. I don't strike out. But when you come and you say something to me, now... Let the jokes rain. Let's let's have some fun, right? And that to me is all fun and games. But what got me the most is when I realized I'm looking over like, yeah, babe, we got him, we got him. And I'm thinking we're good and Tisha's not good. And so I realized that no matter how hard I hit back, that first hit still, maybe it missed me, but it hit Tisha. And so I'm not being the protector that I thought I was being by allowing this to happen. And you know, it's like fighting raindrops. You know, you're not going to win them all. And so what I had to learn is that um, I just wanted to focus on, on, on Tisha. I just wanted to focus on strengthening her and letting her know, hey, man, you know, uh, you know, let, let, you don't know these people. These people don't know you. They're watching a TV show. And even if they don't love you, if they don't hate you, whatever it is, you know, let's make this thing financial, you know? And, and so in my, in my mind, I look at it and every time some blogger says something crazy and gets 70,000, 80,000 views or says something crazy about me and T or all, whatever it is, that person makes Marshall and Tisha more relevant. 
And in the midst of that, they're they're helping build my house. So <laughs> I really thank them for this new espresso machine I got. Marcel, you better speak on it. <laughs> Appreciate y'all. Again, this podcast with my reality stars and friends is an opportunity to talk about things that obviously we don't talk about at the reunion. And I want to share a story about how Marcel almost quit the show. Do you remember this, Marcel? Yeah. Yeah, very clear. <laughs> very clear. So let me tell the story, Marcel. So season one airs. It's eight episodes, and the first eight episodes, and you guys can attest to this, was this big revelation of Martel cheating on Melody, right? It was like, that was like the drama for the first eight episodes. It was like, whoa, like, we've never seen on reality TV a married couple go through this in real time, right? And then... I was shocked. <laughs> Marcel, I'm not touching that. Period. So, <laughs> then we started, you know, we became successful, you know. It's, 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 listen, it's a blessing to get a second season. And it's a blessing to get more episodes. I'm not... um somebody who, who never had a show canceled before. I've had shows canceled. So I'm always thankful to God when a show gets a second season, a third season, fourth season. You can just never um, not be thankful when you get another order. So long story short, we got additional episodes. And Martel and Marceau got into this whole thing about 20 women. Watch the show to get the details. So it became like this big story, these other episodes, right? And I remember getting a call from Marceau who, by the way, as you guys know, sent the scathing email to me thinking like, uh, what show about did I sign up for? Then it was, Carlos, y'all got me fucked up. So Marceau called me. He and I spoke for an hour. And Marceau was not filling this show. He was like, look, Los, I like you. I fucks with what you doing, your mission as a Black-owned production company. I, I, you from Detroit, like... I get down with you. You my, you my brother for life. However, I got kids, and this shit is affecting my marriage. And brother, at some point, this shit ain't worth it. It ain't worth it for me. I just, I don't think it's worth it. Long story short, I said to Marceau, I said, look, I get it. The big thing for us is we follow the reality. I said, let me tell you this. Do one more season. Let's focus on your business. You're building this, this, this cigar bar lounge called Black. I will like for you to make sure that that's your big story this season. And when things come about you, whatever, be open and talking about it, but make sure when you're talking about it, we're at Black. I don't care if the shit is uh, under construction. It'll be at Black. Facts. Wear the Black t-shirt, wear the Black baseball cap, and always talk about Black. Facts. And you said, Carlos, yep. I can do that. Marceau. <laughs> Talk to the people about that. Well, see, yeah, Carlos, facts. That, that's it. I, I told him, I said, listen, guys, I don't know who y'all think we are, but we ain't cut like that. And it's been real. It's been fun. I don't know what y'all think we actually do for a living, but we really do this. So we actually <laughs> do what we say we do. Okay. So when you, when I say I'm building an apartment complex, I, I'm building one. When I'm saying I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Okay. That, that's what I'm actually doing. So, Get down to it. I'm like, man, look at the money. Look what I'm giving up. I can tell you whatever y'all are paying me, it wasn't half. It wasn't worth half of what I was making. Okay? It wasn't worth half. So, damn that. All right? So, I'm, I'm out. But, no, but what you told me, you said, hey, listen. And, and, and first of all, you know what? I, I, I never really probably thank you for that conversation. But thank you. Because that's the redirection coming from a big brother at that time saying, hey, I see where you're at. Here's how you do it. Because... A lot of times, people in that situation, they want to quit. But where we're from, and what I've known to do in different areas, is to really, essentially, not just renegotiate your terms, but redirect your path. You're the master of your own fate and the captain of your own soul. You know, So you got to be able to, to look at the troubled waters that you're in and say, you know what? This is a messed up situation for me. Not how can I get out? How can I make it better? How can I turn this to my thing? So yeah, we, we've talked, we've had those conversations. All right. We've had those conversations and we've had some tough conversations. Melody came in here and about cussed me out inside of black. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they did a lot of stuff inside of yep. black, you know? So, so, and, and now when I go somewhere and, and we have this and we have our uh, champagne 
And we, and we, when we go and we're looking to put black cigar lounge in different cities and states, um, it's because we use this as a marketing platform to showcase what we're really doing in life. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks. Thank you for not not letting me uh, walk out on that opportunity. No, I, I, I thank you for saying that because the thing is this. Reality TV and reality TV producers like myself get so much shade. Like, Carlos wants drama. Carlos is messy. Carlos this, Carlos that. And one thing that I, I, I know for sure is I, I know what I'm doing. Like, and, and, I, and I know the purpose in which I'm placed on this earth. I had a meeting a few hours ago, and this woman said to me, she said, you have this gift to where it's your job to make people happy. And it's your job for people to find themselves and, and be successful. Like, I get a high off of people being successful. And one thing you don't know, Marceau and Tisha, I constantly use you guys as an example of a couple, and Melody and Martel too, as a couple who went through the fire in terms of social media and rumors and all this other shit, but came out of it smelling like roses because their focus was always on the end goal. And one thing about being a public figure is, and, and this is something I learned from Oprah Winfrey, you can't, you can't focus on what people are saying about you or thinking about you. Because when you're famous, you carry the weight of other people's dreams on your shoulders. And what I mean by that is, nine times out of 10, the people who are hating on you, they want to be in your position. And what they do when they look at you, they ask themselves, why Marceau? Why Tisha? Why Carlos? Why not me? And the worst thing you can do is give in to the naysayers because their goal when they comment on your page or talk about you is to knock you off track because they feel like, and this is, and when I say this, guys, y'all know I love y'all. I mean, no shade. They feel like if I'm in a cubicle, then you need to be in a cubicle too. And, and I appreciate the fact that you two get a lot of hate, but you also get a lot of love. And the beauty is y'all took this platform and ran with it. And without counting your money, Marceau, Marceau operates a high seven-figure business. A couple of them. Is it, is it, is it eight <laughs> or nine at It's this a point? couple of them. <laughs> it's seven. It's, it's high seven. But at the end of the day, bruh. And listen, Carlos, people can say what they want about you. Every time I call you or text you, it's always positive. It's always good feedback. You're always giving me something to, like, enhance myself or my life. It's always, like, even when we're filming, when people are like, well, how is it with, if Carlos on set? I was like, it's just, it's totally different. Like, we love, like, scenes when you step into the room because you give us that boost and you give us what we need to make a good scene. So you're definitely great and what you do, like, for real. Well, thank you, baby. Well, I'll, I'll say this honestly. And you'll see how I talk to Lewis, uh, even Dr. Francis, and anyone in my life ever that feels like they get to speak in my life because of their position, right? And so the truth is, and I've never said this to you, but you'd come in and you'd say a lot of stuff that maybe I personally wouldn't believe, right? But I put everybody in this world into two categories. That's it. People who do what they say they're going to do mm-hmm. and people who don't do what they say they're going to do. And you're only in one of the two. And you literally have done what you said you're going to do. And so you might say, I got you. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's BS. And then a couple months later, you got me. And you say, Marshall, do it like this. Trust me, I got something planned. And then you come back and you got it. And so at that point right now, I say, you know what? He's earned that level of respect from me that says, if he says, because you remember that conversation. And you said, Marcel, if I say, if I say mm-hmm. it, then you can hold my feet to it, you know? And you got that from me. No, I appreciate that. And, and one thing Marcel did recently, guys, um, this is a few months ago. He called me out the blue. He and Tisha was in Miami because, you know, they're famous. And in Miami, it was, what, what, what was it, like, horse week, car week, some shit. Some fabulous black excellence shit. Yeah, Formula <laughs> One. The Grand Prix. You know, yeah. They own their black excellence shit. Marcel took time out smoking a cigar being with his beautiful wife, and he said to me, yo, you need to talk your shit. You need to know who you are, Lowe's. I don't, you don't talk enough shit for me, Lowe's. You gotta let these people know, like, I don't, Lowe's, I don't know if you know who you are, man. 
And that that scares me. You 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 need to own the who the fuck you are, Los. Talk your shit. And I'm like, damn, Marcel. Okay, <laughs> I, I guess I, I I thought I was, but apparently I'm not. And that's and that's why we have this this love for each other. And I'm glad that we're able to talk about that. But before I let y'all go, tomorrow's episode of Love and Marriage Huntsville deals with Miss Wanda and the and the most talked about scene in the history of Love and Marriage Huntsville that's about to air. Without giving too much away, what can you tell the audience about what to expect from this this big incident that happened at Destiny Spot Madani that involves you two, Miss Wanda, Melody, Martel, Maurice, and some chicken. Nice, some chicken. <laughs> we all got to have some good chicken in the middle of everything, boy. I'll let Marcel go, because... You know what, Carlos? I'm going to be honest with you, man. That's not a moment I'm proud of, you know? I always know that that's inside of me, and that's why I do so much to temper that. That's why I try. I'm not unbothered. I'm just... Un- I just choose my responses better. You know, so when people say things and situations happen, I, I do get bothered, but I choose not to respond. And it happened. It, it happened so quickly and it happened. It, it happened. And I was not on. I wasn't armed with positivity. I wasn't coming in like oh, I'm going to be focused. I wasn't focused. I was just letting the world come to me. And um, like I said, it's not a moment I'm proud of, but it, it's something that I think that we have to. That's the reality of our real lives. The reality of our real lives is that times that we are just trying to hold on, trying to maintain and try to navigate through this life. And if we uh, make bad choices, they can have a very lasting impact on our lives. And so, you know, I really thank God for the moments that we are um, that he looks after babies and fools. And I think that he looked after us. Because we could have we could have easily been somewhere different right now today, facing different circumstances and different outcomes, uh, had we not uh, had not we not had people that love us to redirect our energy. No, very well said. Very well said. Um, and, and that is true. So the beauty of that episode, like you said, is definitely intense, and a lot of intensity happens. And without giving too much away, at the end of the day, what I loved about what happened is you guys are going to see a very grown-ass conversation take place. And I said this on my live, but um, it was one of the best scenes I've seen of the franchise because contrary to popular belief, but you guys know this, I love it when the six of y'all are together. Like, magic happens when the six of y'all are in a room together. And by the six of y'all, guys, I mean Melody Martell, Tisha Marcel, Melody, and Kimmy. When they're together... It's, it's, it's indescribable, this chemistry and this magic You meant to say have. Maurice, but he's kind of irrelevant. So <laughs> you said Melody twice, who, who but say? you meant to say Maurice, but he's a little irrelevant. So <laughs> I get he's a, It's hard to be relevant. <laughs> they are going to get me. I said Melody's name twice. Now that, I'm going to get red for filth, but guess what? I don't give a fuck. It was a mistake. It was human error. Maurice, <laughs> I love you, bro. My Libra brother, too. Okay, but... Tisha, before I let you go, we learned recently, based on my Instagram Live, because I tried to get you and Melody Kimmy on with me, that you and Melody blocked each other on social media. We blocked each other since season one. (laughs) It's that type of relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Letitia Moore Scott, before we wrap this season, is there a world to where some unblocking can happen, Letitia Morstock. <laughs> um, I don't know how to answer that question, Carlos. <laughs> Carlos, Carlos, let me tell you this, okay? Oh. <laughs> Funky.neva has probably helped us sell maybe $70,000, $80,000 worth of uh, chocolate in a bottle, right? Every time he does a post, we make 10 to 20 grand. And I unblocked him. And she just unblocked him <laughs> two months ago. So there's hope, Marcel. There's hope? Huh? There's hope. There's hope. Melody got to make Tisha some money in order to get her own <laughs> Right, right. Okay. So, Melody, if you're listening, let's do this. How about when you put your 7th Avenue Beauty Cosmetics on sale, 
Let the code be black. B-L-A-Q-U-E. There we go. And that way, it's a fair exchange, and then everybody wins, makes money, and some unblocking can happen. And if she does it, I'll thank her. I'll thank her. Yeah, thank her. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk to them all day. I knew that to get Marceau and Letitia together for our first ever dual interview on this podcast was going to be epic. And baby, it was. Make sure you tune in to the explosive episode tomorrow on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Love and Marriage Huntsville comes on at 8 o'clock, 7 central. And make sure you hashtag me at Reality with the King and let me know your thoughts not only on this interview, but also on the episode. Tonight, we have part one of the Bell Collective reunion special. Here's a sneak peek of what's to come on the Bell Collective two-part reunion special. You came to criticize. I did not come to criticize. Yes, you did. You're the queen of Jackson. You ain't even got a castle in Jackson. One second, because I'm the queen of Jackson. Okay, hold on. I have a crown, (laughs) y'all. You felt like if it wasn't for you, Latrice would not have a storyline seasons one or two. That's correct. You and Cedric have been separated you, you, you ain't got no force. We got the men on the stage tonight. Damon, did you and Taisha ever have a relationship? No. Never kissed. We have a DNA test to determine the paternity. Glenn, you are... Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag RealityWithTheKing. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley-Brown. We are also produced by Lashik Lotus-Lee and LaPortia Thomas. Additional production support by Corinne Wallace and Alexis Williams. Engineering and music by Marcus Hall. More Sauce. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.